BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I think the $300 million is is astronomical to me. When, when free agency started, I had projected 200 to 210 and was surprised and right. then it went to the mid 200s and then then we started hearing it may even go up to 300 and then i heard yesterday that that the giants and red sox not only were making a strong late push and were legitimately in this thing but that the number had gone over 300 but again you know 300 might be 255 because of the posting fee right so again i, I don't know the exact i wasn't able to get the exact breakdown uh, but the one thing also that I heard is that teams are trying to um, m- give more years to get the AAV down for luxury tax. Mm-hmm. So don't be surprised if his deal ends up being 12 or 13 years, um, even 14 years, which we've never seen for a pitcher, uh, just with the purpose of getting the AAV down for the CBT. Right, right. So again, I'm I'm hearing that. So don't you know if 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 the deal is going to be say 300, instead of being 30 a year for 10, it may be a lot less than that for a lot more years. It's another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on this Sunday, December the 17th, 2023. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time at the TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And you can show up on podcast, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. No G, Mike Silva at TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Check out the newsletter, Beyond the Mic, Substack.com, slash at Talking Mets, no G. And I want to welcome in the good folks from the Fan Sided Podcasting Network as well as RisingApple.com. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Mets Podcast. I have to tell you, when I did that intro and I said it was December the 17th, I mean, where did the year sneak up on us? Where did Christmas sneak up on us? I mean, I've been behind. I just put my Christmas decorations up yesterday and I kind of did a, a half mass type of uh, job. I was just been so busy. And part of that is, I think, that the winter of Otani that we had talked about has become the winter of Otani and Yamamoto and has completely frozen the free agent market. And we've talked about this every week pretty much since the season ended. We're now almost eight weeks into 
the offseason and very little movement has happened. And we'll get into Yamamoto. We'll get into the pitching market. We'll get into what may happen if we'll start to talk what may happen if the Mets miss out on Yamamoto because I think the fans are not happy about what they're hearing. Ronnie Mauricio unfortunately goes down with an ACL injury reminiscent of Edwin Diaz in the WBC. It's not the same. Third base is wide open for Brett Beatty, but do the Mets need a caddy? Do they need a veteran caddy? We'll talk about third base. We'll talk about third base, and I'll expand upon a piece I did over at Beyond the Mic, which really, when I went and looked at how little success the Mets have had at the position at third base, wow, must be the curse of Jim Fergosi. So anyway, we are exhausted. We're exhausted. I know I'm exhausted. I'm sure you're exhausted. The Otani sweepstakes, which really the Mets never were in, uh, that dragged along. That stalled the winter meetings. The Dodgers win the bidding there. They defer pretty much all the salary. I, just like everybody else, was really angry about that. It's a clear circumvention of the luxury tax. But it's within the rules. And if a guy like Otani wants to defer his money interest-free, maybe the benefit of getting away from the California state taxes, which... If I were Tani, California is going to get their taxes, man. You better get a good accountant. You're going to get some good lawyers because they're going to get their money. Uh, and now it's really the winter of Yamamoto. And give the guy credit. He hasn't thrown a pitch in the big leagues. And I cannot remember, even uh, Cole, when he was a free agent just a few years ago, what, about four years ago? I don't remember this kind of tour. CC Sabathia didn't really get this kind of tour. I mean, could you remember a pitcher? Scherzer when he was a free agent, John Lester. I don't remember a pitcher getting this kind of tour. Never mind somebody who hasn't pitched one pitch in, in professional baseball. Now, in Japan, in MPB, sure. And he's clearly a talented guy. You've heard all sorts of things. You've seen videos. You know, we uh, had a friend, Jim Allen, on weeks ago talking about him. But he is a shorterish type of pitcher. And it does come at risk. And, and right now, you know, what we thought was going to be maybe a six- or seven-year deal for 25 to $30 million, is going to really exceed all expectations. I firmly believe he will break Cole's record, Jarrett Cole's record for uh, AAV, for overall pitcher value contract. I believe he'll do that. And I think you're looking at now a 10- to 12-year deal. I think you're looking at a $35 million AAV. I think you're looking at somewhere between 350 and 420 million. Now, how they work that out? Because look, if you're not paying attention, go to Spot Trek, start to sort the pitcher contracts that have been given out this winter, and start to understand if the luxury tax is going to stay at 300 million dollars, and teams are not going to want to pay that every year because after you get to the third year, it's like a, a 95% tax. You're going to have to do a couple of things. One, you're going to have to have a damn good farm system and start to have players on cost control contributing in a big-time way. You're going to have to do what Milwaukee did with one of their top prospects and maybe sign these guys before they even have a big league at bat or a big league pitch and take the chance on projections to get them at a cost, at a value. Or um, you're going to have to defer a ton of money, and I don't think everybody's going to be as altruistic as Shohei Otani is with his, what is it, about 80 to 90% of his salary being deferred for a decade, I don't think that that's what Yamamoto is going to do. So this is going to cost a ton of money. Now, I think the part that's driving everybody nuts is the rumor mill. And I think it's important. Let's have an honest conversation. Because that's what I do with you guys, have an honest conversation. And this isn't knocking anybody. This isn't a pro-Mets position. 
what you have seen this offseason is something that's been years in the making is a league and an industry that's starting to clamp down on rumors and a cottage industry of reporters, especially during the offseason, making a living on tweeting, Xing, reporting news about contract negotiations, where free agents are going, directions of the club, uh, all those things that they made their careers on, whether it be Rosenthal, Heyman, Morosi, Passan. Look, Adrian Wojnarowski in the NBA was a master of it. He made a ton of money doing that. Uh, Adam Schefter in, in, in the NFL. What you've seen, I think, at least from a baseball perspective, is that a lot of those lanes have been shut off. And with an international, specifically with an international uh, player, I think the culture and the mindset with these players is less to participate in the gossip mill, more to just do business. So what you're getting a lot of is little pieces of speculation and opinion that is being framed as sourced news reporting. It's not unethical. It's not wrong. It's not lying. They're covering their tracks. If you read the tweets or you read the reporting, they're covering the tracks. The bottom line is, whether it be Nightingale, Martino, uh, Heyman, Passan, nobody's giving you anything different than what they've said over the last eight weeks. Everybody thinks the Yankees are the favorite because they want the Yankees to be the favorite. They want the Dodgers to be the favorite. Nobody gives the Mets a chance because ever since the Mets lost out on Carlos Correa, there's a little bit of uh, bloom off the rose with Steve Cohen because the Mets had a bad 2023 season after spending over $400 million on payroll. The bloom is off the rose with Steve Cohen. The Mets have spent about $18 million this offseason, which, by the way, is more than the Yankees in free agency. But nobody talks about that. That's part of it. So you have a lot of this anti-Cohen, anti-Mets agenda. Remember, the league in general doesn't want Cohen to get this guy. That's always been the case. The league does not like Cohen. They'll swallow a private equity Guggenheim group doing what they're doing. They'll swallow that. But they don't like a guy who's self-made, very wealthy, basically doing what he can to to bring uh, uh, and sometimes maybe it's misguided with some of the spending. I mean, look at what he did to get Trevor Gott just to get some innings out of a bullpen this past summer. Uh, they don't like when Cohen does that. You also have a media, a lot of them growing up either covering the Yankees or rooting for the Yankees that really wants the Yankees to be back to where they were in the late nineties. It's just it's fact. They liked covering that team. They liked when it was George getting all the big free agents. They liked the evil empire. They liked all that brought. And they wanted again. And the Soto trade started to whet their appetite for this dormancy that went on. And the Yankees have done, and give Cashman credit, a great job with using the media to market their prospects to get 50 cents on a dollar with a lot of transactions. We'll see how the Soto trade goes down. Looks like there was a little bit more pain in that trade. The Yankees were trying to get away with that for free. Uh, I think they could have given up a little bit more, but that's just me. And, you know, you're facing all that. The fact of the matter is nobody right now is in or out on Yamamoto until a team says, hey, we're out. Yamamoto is, you know, going to pick where he wants to go. It may be about the money. It may not be about the money. I am highly confident that the Mets will be one of the top bidders. Highly confident. And I'm highly confident Unless this gets $700 million like Otani, which I can't see that happening. And if it does, let him go. But if it stays in the range I told you just a couple of minutes ago between 350 and $420 million, well, 
I think the Mets are going to be there in the end. Now, does he want to play for the Mets? I don't know. Did it make a difference, Cohen going to Japan? I'm sure it did. Did it make a difference how he's brought Yamamoto and his interpreter to his, his Connecticut mansion and had dinner with his wife, Alex? Anytime you personalize a sale, a transaction, or have that kind of relationship, especially in a sport where a lot of owners are distant and out of touch with their players, I think it matters. I think the fact that this guy, and I've said this before, is a titan in the financial uh, markets, is big for players. You know what kind of doors Cohen can open up for anybody that signs with him from a standpoint of taking that money, investing that money, uh, investing in businesses, the people that you can introduce you to? There's a lot of benefits of that. Nobody's talking about that because the media doesn't really understand business. Let's remember, these are sports reporters. They really don't understand business. They never had to. They got journalism degrees. They haven't really lived all of them in the real world. Let's let's face it. I respect the hell out of them. It's a hard job. You're on the road. It's a really hard job. But a lot of them haven't really lived in the real world. They haven't. It's a very blue-collar existence, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they've never run any businesses. They've never been responsible for profit and losses. They don't quite get all of it. They write about it from a distance. So... Before you get all bent out of shape and you follow all these educated speculations from Andy Martino, who I think has been plugged in for a good amount of time and has been one of the most accurate Mets reporters over the years, I'm not so sure I could say that anymore. I think Stearns has locked it down. I think it was getting locked down even before Stearns got there. I don't think Cohen wants to uh, uh, leak anything. I think he knows better than that. I think culturally the Japanese player doesn't want that. That was part of the whole Otani thing. And... Um, I think that when you report and you act like that gives them uh, the status of leader from the clubhouse where the Yankees are highly confident. Well, I'm sure after that dinner last night, the Mets are highly confident. Maybe the Phillies are. Maybe the Dodgers are because they brought uh, Kobe Bryant uh, back from the grave with that whole situation. So I'm warning you not to get crazy here. This is going to still be another week. God help us if it goes into January 4th, into the new year. I mean, it really has paralyzed the free agent market. I don't think Mets fans can handle it. It's going to ruin some holiday dinners out there. It's going to ruin some New Year's parties. I mean, it's 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 crazy. And, and a lot of times, I think, in the past, it was fun. But I think for Mets fans, I think after what happened with Correa last year, with the failed physical, and coming off the, the really disappointing season... This particular competition is not something they're up for. Add in the Yankees and competing with the Yankees. Add in the Soto trade. And you have a perfect storm. And then that brings me to potentially what plan B could be. Because now the word, and by the way, he's been on our program. And if you're not subscribing to The Athletic, and I have no, again, I always like to say this because it's important. I have no financial vested interest in you subscribing to The Athletic. I think they have great sales for like a buck. I'm paying 70-something dollars. You get it for a buck. God bless over there. Um, Will Salmon done great reporting on this. So um, the feeling is that the Mets will not pivot to the Jordan Montgomery market. They won't pivot, thankfully, to the Blake Snell market. And you may see more Luis Severino type of signings. Now, that is disappointing because, if you remember, at the beginning of the offseason, my perfect rotation was Yamamoto, Montgomery, Seth Lugo, and then round it out with Senga and Keitana and the depth that they have. 
and the prices have gone wild. I mean, Seth Lugo got $15 million a year. I thought he would be able to get maybe 10, 11, but 15, and he got a three-year deal. Michael Waka just signed with Kansas City, a two-year deal. I mean, it looks like the Royals, and it's a, it's a smart strategy. You're signing all these, you know, three, four, five starters, probably more four fives to contracts. If you compete and win, great. If not, you trade a midseason for prospects. It's what a bad team should do. It's what should be happening. Even if you don't think you can win, try to win, try to compete, use the assets to build up your farm system. I mean, it's common sense. But if you look, and I'm just looking at the signed players as of today. It's late Sunday night here, December 17th, eight days before Christmas. Sonny Gray, take Otani out and his $70 million a year. That's just, you know, that's on a different planet. Sonny Gray, $25 million a year. Aaron Nola, a little under 25, 24 and a half. Eduardo Rodriguez, 20. Waka, 16. Lugo, 15. Flaherty, 14 a year. Severino, one year, 13 million. Kyle Gibson, league average, 13 million. Kenta Maeda, a lot of injuries, potential, 12 million. That's a good contract. Tyler Molly, uh, uh, Tommy John surgery. Won't pitch a big chunk of this year, multi-year deal with, with Texas, 11 million per year. Lance Lynn, declining, 11 million a year. Wade Miley more, you know, Wade Miley, a guy like like that, a good crafty veteran, late 30s, he got eight and a half million a year. He probably undersold himself. But when you look at that, you know, I like Lugo, six innings, three runs. Maybe he's ready to take the next step. Waka, he made 24 starts last year. Flaherty's been hurt. Flaherty's been hurt. It's shoulder issues. Gibson is a league average pitcher. I mean, that's big dollars. So when you start to look at it, you look at who's left, yeah. You know, the Mets don't like hearing that Montgomery's going to get Carlos Rodon's money. He is. He's going to get 25, maybe 30 million a year. Stroman's going to get 25 million a year. Now, the question would be, and I think this is where the Mets are going, are they going to now shop if Yamamoto, and they might, they still have to shop in this bin after, if they sign Yamamoto, would they shop in the Sean Manaya, Mike Clevenger territory? Would they go to Lucas Giolito? Look, Lucas Giolito is better and has a better track record than a Walk or a Seth Lugo. He's going to get $20 million a year. I really do. James Paxton's going to get probably $15 million a year. I mean, what about Zach Grinke? I mean, he lost 15 games. He's, you know, he's in, he's, he's over 40. Frankie Montas. I mean, there, you know, Eric Lauer, a former Brewer. So there is, you know, Danny Duffy. There's a lot of scrap heap out there. But that's not what you want to hear. But... And I wrote about this at Beyond the Mic, and I, and I and again, do the free trial if you don't want to, you know, I think you'll like it, I think you'll stick around, do the free trial. But what you see now, and I wrote about it this morning in the, in the Sunday column, is the inevitable reboot that this team needs. And you listen to what Will Salmon is saying, listen to what Stearns is saying. The only moves they're going to make is moves that are good for now and in the future. Not something that's just a two or three year move. Now, I think Montgomery could be on a five year deal a solution. But there is some risk there. I mean, he's had injuries. Um, you know, the Yankees traded him for Harrison Bader. There's a reason for that. Maybe they see something. Look, they have all the scientific analytics and data that we don't. Remember, when, when, when we talked with the Mets fix and did our preview, JB said it. It was perfect. There, it's very hard now for me and you to assess playing armchair GM because we don't have access to all the analytics. We have fan graphs. We have baseball reference, you know, baseball savant, all those things. And they're good. 
but what these guys have is another level. And you really don't know what the analytics department is presenting with these free agents as value underneath the hood to say to Stearns, this is why I think this guy projects well. This is why the numbers could be better. This is where he'll project going forward. It's not about past, it's forward and it's value. And sometimes with these analytics type GMs, they go and they beat you with value over the head to the point. You're like, hey, just win now. Like the opportunity's here. And I know I got emails. People are saying, Mike, this is the same marketing scam that you've preached about. That's why you didn't want Heim, uh, you know, Heimbloom. That's why you didn't want to do a reboot when they had DeGrom and Syndergaard and Mats. And, and, and I get it. You're right. But we did it the Mike Silva way with Brody Van Wagen in 2019. We did it the Mike Silva way when Cohen first took over with Porter and Scott and Alderson and then Billy Epler. And the reason the Mets are here now is that everything was short-term build for the future. And the problem is the system, which is better, wasn't deep enough to augment those rosters to make them to complete to win. Now, I think the Mets had a great shot in 2022, and Scherzer and DeGrom broke down. Uh, Bassett spit the bit in a big spot. They tried to double down on that going into 2023. I think the Correa lack of a signing dampened the mood around the club. I really do. I think that had a lot to do with it. We all know how big Diaz was in 22 and how big his absence was in 23. I mean, I think emotionally as, as well as anything. And they never really got going in 23. So they figured, okay, we did. And, and if you remember, and you go back, and I can't remember which show it was. This is probably late 2022 in August, maybe at the deadline or right after the deadline, I said, you know, is this the Mets' best chance? Because I thought within three years, the Scherzer contract, particularly, they were headed for at least a reboot, maybe a rebuild, depending on how the kids developed. Now, I don't think this is a five-year tear down, be really bad. I, I don't, Cohen can't really afford that. But Cohen can't afford to be half measures either. Cohen can't go out and spend A money for B minus players. I think that that's where the whole you know, what they're going to do after potentially losing out on Yamamoto. The funny thing is, the entire season, just like at this time last year, we're seeing deja vu all over again. The entire season, I think the vibe, and we'll see if this team and this club can overcome it. The whole vibe of 24 can be decided New Year's Day or right after New Year like with Correa, where now you're spending the month of January doing value signings. It, and it's very much like some of the early Alderson years, 11, 12, 13, where until they started going out and getting Bartolo Cologne, and they and they started to, to beef up the payroll a little bit with Granderson and Cologne in 14 and 15, they basically went with what they had. They didn't invest in the club. Now, I don't think that'll happen with Stearns and Cohen. I think what they'll do is the first 60 to 80 games in 24, if Yamamoto, even with Yamamoto here, will be a true getting to see what you have. It's not just getting to know the team. It's getting to know what you have in this organization. What's Acuna's deal? What's Gilbert's deal? What do, what do they have with these young pitchers? And, you know, I know I see all the, hey, what about Alonzo? He's hitting 30. And, you know, do you want to waste his prime? I, I do not think the Mets are going to waste anyone's prime. Look, there's next offseason. There's going to be other free agents. There's going to be 
other players become available via trade. You know, you sit here in July, and Acuna's in the lineup, and Gilbert, who could be very good all-star type players, um, you know, maybe one of the young pitchers starts to show that they could be a mid-rotation type of uh, option. You know, maybe a, a starter becomes available at a reasonable price. You don't know. But a lot will change, good or bad, if Yamamoto signs with the Mets. That will be such a jolt to this franchise. And if he doesn't, especially if he goes to the Yankees, I think if he goes to the Dodgers, it'll be disappointing. You know, the Dodgers will, will, be, will be having those conversations about them being the 96 Bulls again. It'll be disappointing. But I don't think it'll be as bad for the fan base. If he goes to the Yankees, I think it's going to be a long winter for David Stearns. Combine that with a very tepid team building with value signings and a reboot. And you could have a very angry fan base. I think attendance will be hurt. I think the airwaves will be filled up with angry Mets fans. You know what WFAN is going to do. And Stearns is going to have to stay the course. He has to believe in his program. He has to believe in it. Because Cohen's going to hear it. Cohen's on social media. You know, he's out there in circles with his pals. You know, Cohen wants to bring big Wall Street money to, you know, the ballpark. Uh, Trace Thompson is not going to do that. It's just not. Scrap heap relievers are not going to do that. Stars are going to do that. Yamamoto is going to do that. That's what's going to happen. So... It'll be real interesting the next two weeks. I think, you know, the way the holidays landed, they land on a Sunday, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So we're not going to be having shows those days. My luck, Yamamoto signs Christmas Eve and I have to have an emergency show on Christmas Day or whatever. We'll have to see how that plays out. But that's why you have Beyond the Mic, which is the bridge between shows. And if you haven't subscribed, you should. Shameless plug. $5 a month. You get a good discount if you sign up for... uh, for a full year, and we're probably going to do a special New Year's sale, so stay tuned for that and what have you. So that's the deal. Sit back. Stop driving yourself crazy on the rumors. Nobody knows. This guy is going and doing due diligence. He's dragging it out a lot. It's a once. Look, if he's going to get a 12-year deal or a 10-year deal, it's a once-in-a-lifetime contract, and I'm sure there'll be an opt-out, I'm guessing. But maybe this guy wants to, I mean, Maybe this guy wants to get married for the rest of his life. I mean, here I am criticizing the little indoor contract. You know, don't even you didn't you went out for a cup of coffee, not even, and you and you got married. Here, it's like it's a blind date, and you're getting married. What is that? Isn't there like some kind of reality show, like ninety day fiance or something? I don't know. Anyway, I'm really uh, dating myself. And then it was funny is that I saw everybody trying to speculate. What was the meal at the Cohen house for Yamamoto? Was there a Japanese delicacy? And then people are asking me what I would serve if they came to my house. I'm allergic to shellfish, so I have to be careful with Japanese food. So basically, I go to a Japanese restaurant. I basically have giant Chinese food. I gotta have noodles and fried rice and, and like a, a version of wonton soup. So I'm no fun. I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be a lot of fun. And then if I had raw fish and got sick, I would ruin the night. And then Yamamoto would say, why would I want to hang out with this guy? So I'm not the guy to recruit Yamamoto. Let's put it that way. I'm not the guy to recruit Yamamoto. But, man, is pitching getting expensive? The Mets better start developing some pitching or figuring out how they're going to develop pitching because $300 million is not going to field you a competitive baseball team with good pitching if you just do it on the free agent market. You have to build that pipeline. Five-player development heads in five years won't do it. 
what was going on leading up to 2024 won't do it. Mets have to get their stuff together. They got arguably the best free agent executive that they could get. Now you got to sit back and let him do his stuff. I know it's hard, but this is the soft landing, or maybe not so soft landing, that it was inevitable as they tried to win now and keep the music playing when Cohen took over in 2021. All right, let's take a quick break. Second part, part two of the show, we'll look at third base. It's Brett Beatty's to win or lose. It's time for him to step it up because I'm not so sure the Mets, I'm sure they'll get a veteran, but I'm not so sure the Mets are going to be going all in and signing a Matt Chapman or filling the position like they would have a year ago with Correa for a decade. So it's Brett Beatty's, maybe his final stand. You're listening to the Talking Mets podcast. We'll be back with more right after this. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc 